What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David, and for the first time in, what, like three weeks, I have the whole team with me. Leo, what's up, my friend? How's it going, buddy? And Ryan, I don't know where the hell you've been. I'm Irish. I'm just used to being miserable, and I can be miserable my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, my friend. So today we are celebrating... The 15th anniversary of one of Martin Scorsese's best films and the film that finally landed him the Academy Award for Best Director, The Departed. This is uh, a movie that I remember very well. It's actually the movie that first swayed me into realizing Leo is one of the best actors in the uh, in the world, and I'm not talking about Grimaldi. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Come on, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely going to break down every aspect of the film like we usually do. But before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. A um, couple of things here. Um, Greta Gerwig is set to write the Snow White live action adaptation. I'm not going to ask Leo because Leo knows. Ryan, what's your favorite Greta Gerwig film? Um, the one with the guy that did the thing, and then the girl came and helped him do the That thing. sounds about right. That sounds about <laughs> right. It's funny. The, the, minute he's like, the, the, the one with the guy, I'm like, nope, that's wrong already. Already, that's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, this is good stuff. I had no interest in this, but I'm very curious as to what she does with this script. Uh, Leo, thoughts? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, Greta Good was a powerhouse. I've, I've loved it since, I loved her since, uh, since Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like I'm I'm on board. I'm like yeah. Uh, it's it's I guess this is, is this their first partnership with Disney. Maybe the first of many. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like this this could this could end up being lucrative for both sides. There's uh there's two big franchises that need lady directors. <laughs> Amen to that, sir. Um, but yeah, Ryan, I know you have no thoughts. So just moving on from there. Uh, Jonah Hill is set to play Jerry Garcia in the Grateful Dead biopic directed by Martin Scorsese. I do not know much about Jerry Garcia. Leo, do you have any thoughts? I think Ryan might be more of our connoisseur when it comes to Jerry Garcia. But uh... Ryan, do you have anything? No, those all sound like things that don't sound like they go together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this extends his uh, Marty's partnership with Apple, so it should be a good vehicle for uh, for Jonah Hill once the movie drops. It's going to be a while because he has another Marty has a movie coming out next year. So uh, I was going to say kudos to Jonah Hill though, man. He has definitely re like he's completely reshaped his career. Yeah, like oh, yeah. he's definitely a serious actor. It's like, props, man. Props. Yeah, I mean, very for much sure. Thing will be cool. It'll be cool. Yeah, It'll be psychedelic at least. And it's Marty, so you know I'm all in on that. Uh, number three, the headline itself is the gold here blockbuster comedy starring randall park is coming to netflix uh yeah i love workplace comedies i think this could be really fun i'm all in uh what do you think leo 
Love it. I'm all it's Randall Park. You know yep. how I am with anyone that has like MCU history. I'm all in. <laughs> Ryan, what about you? I'm drawing a blank. I can't put a face to the name right now. Leo, please do the otters. Oh, it's, it's Special Agent Jimmy Woo, baby. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I saw. <laughs> it's, it's Asian Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that this should be good. It should be a fun time. I, I guess the important thing is who the who else they get in the cast because you need. Have, have you seen with these workplace comedies? You need a full ensemble. It can't just be one one person. Uh, and then we finish up the news with Marvel. Um, Delroy Lindo has joined the cast of Blade, which makes him only the second person cast of the entire movie outside of Mahershala Ali. And uh, it's a strong cast already. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is great. This is great. I love Delroy Lindo. Very curious to what he uh, will do. Leo, do you have any thoughts as to who he may be playing? Uh, from what I'm seeing online, I guess most people are are, are guessing Whistler, uh, which is like the like like the type of sidekick guy in a chair for Blade. He's like the um, Mickey, right? Yeah, exactly. Ryan, what about you? I agree. Do you um, who played Whistler in the Wesley Snipes one? I forgot. I see him, but I can't think of his yeah, name. Yeah, I can't remember his name at the moment. Ironically, he was a little like Jerry Garcia. Yeah, I love Delroy, so I'm, I'm hyped for this. Now the news I think we will spend a little bit of time on. Uh, everyone's seen the Spider-Man trailer here, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So Leo and I can talk about this. I don't know if you've seen it before we talk about the trailer. The photos that leaked over the week. Um, nope, did not see those. Okay, so it pretty much confirms what Leo and I and everyone on this planet Earth thinks is going to happen in this movie. And I, what do you think, Leo? Yeah, it's funny. I think, yeah, I think it confirms the storyline. I definitely think it's going to, like, uh, the, 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 the special cameos that are supposed to be in this movie all definitely seem to be shaping up to be in this movie. Um. The only thing I think they're still keeping pretty close to the chest, though, is um, it's the Sinister Six. Yep, I will. I'm, I have that in my notes to talk about in the trailer. Uh, yep. we'll, we'll get into it now. The trailer itself, I think the trailer was. I'm glad they didn't show what we all expected it because Marvel doesn't do that. They never really play their cards like that. So I don't know why everyone really expected them to be seen in the trailer. Uh, I think the trailer is very good. I think the trailer has some cringe dialogue, though. Uh, I I <laughs> I don't think the laughing at Otto Octavius name was. I don't know. I don't think that's very funny. I don't really get to get laugh Boy, out of that. Right? Yeah. It's funny. It's very it's very Raimi Spider Man comedy. <laughs> yeah, and then the Scooby Doo joke felt very Joss Whedon, and I really didn't oh, like it. Yeah. I thought that was very cringe. Uh that outside of that, I really dug the trailer. I'm gonna throw this out here right now because. Marvel is very smart. Kevin Feige is a genius. The last clip of the trailer, we're going to get into the Sinister Six stuff now, but the last clip of the trailer where MJ is falling, that is not Tom Holland, my friends. I think that is Andrew Garfield. And I think he is going to get his redeeming moment. He let he let uh, Gwen die, but he's going to save MJ. Because if it's in the same shot. It's shot in the same way that Gwen's death is shot. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Dave, because I think that's something I've also been reading online. That's like, it's I, I dig it that a, like a lot of the um, the Garfield storyline is about him trying to warn Holland 
about like what he suffered and his timeline and kind of like prevent the death of the loved one and that, that, that his arc is a lot about about loss and about him coming to terms with how that whole thing went down which i agree with you i think that would be a fantastic way to do it especially like the the shot that you just called out that's exactly like the same way it's being shot that'd be so cool ryan what are your first thoughts on the trailer it was dope um Unlike you, I didn't mind the Scooby-Doo comment. Of course um, you did it, right? Of course you did it. Um, uh, what do you want to get into? Like, I don't want to. Oh yeah, all right, Leo. I you can kick off the Sinister Six after your thoughts. Yeah. So first thing about the the, the thoughts that I guess is like I'm I'm still a little. It's I guess I'm falling right back into the trap that has been laid for us since WandaVision. That Mephisto's like, the villain. Yo, because <laughs> Doctor Strange is not acting like Doctor Strange. Like, I'm glad you brought up the whole Scooby-Doo comment, because it's like, it's a little corny, right? I'm like, but that doesn't really feel like Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange joke to no. me. Um, but again, I, I, I know, fool me once, fool me twice, I know, I know, I know. Wait, I know. Fool, fool us 37 times. I know, but, it, but I'm glad you guys both, both, both called out that comment specifically as something worthwhile to talk about. Because I do think it feels a little different. Um, I hope that, yeah, maybe this is a whole Mephesto thing. Uh, but what we were, I guess the Sinister Six thing is we've confirmed pretty much all the villains in this movie. We have Green Goblins. We have Defoe's Green Goblin. We have uh, Reese's, Reese Fon's Lizard. Mm-hmm. We have Sandman. We have um, Electro. Electro. And we have Doc Ock. But that's only five villains. It feels like if you're going to have five villains, why not just put the sinister six in it? But who would be the sixth villain? Uh, Vulture. There is word that Vulture did film a recent cameo for Michael Keaton. Confirmed. I don't think it's Vulture. Um, <laughs> Rhino. Oh my God. As long <laughs> as it's not Giamatti's Rhino. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what no, I want. No, <laughs> I don't want Transformers in this movie. <laughs> um, I can't. Hobgoblin? So it's funny because I know off, off the chat, um, I sent over, like, when the, when the, camp, when the uh, trailer first dropped, I, like, I took a screenshot of a quick moment where you see a different costume for Green Goblin. Like, you see him on the glider, you see him wearing goggles and a hoodie, and it doesn't look like the foe. So I, I posed it to you guys on, off the chat or off, offline. Where I'm like, do you guys think that maybe they'd be bringing in um, not not Franco's Green Goblin? Because I don't know if Disney's willing to. No, nah, I don't. Th- I don't think they're touching that. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, Dane, Dane, uh, Dane DeHaas's Green yeah. Goblin. Listen, I don't like him in that movie, but I trust Feige to do something different with him. So this, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind at all. So, so you're not in on Rhino. That's what I'm getting here. Uh, no, I'm not in on Rhino. Well, I'm in. I'm, yes, I'm in on Paul Giamatti. Yes, I'm in on a Rhino. I'm not <laughs> in on Paul Giamatti's Rhino from Amazing Spider-Man. So, Leo, that other Spider-Man with the black suit—that's Tom Holland, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, as far as I, yeah, from what I pieced together, I think that's just like him with magic or him with electricity armor or something. Okay, cool. Um, and let me see what else can we talk about. Oh, did you see the Brazilian version of the trailer? Yes, 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 yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Uh, no. So go ahead, Leo, if you want. Yes. So, and here's the thing. They 
people online have been kind of mentioning this as the, as the whole craziness for the trailer has been coming out, and they've mentioned how like the like the special effects teams that Disney is employing are like overwhelmed with post production work right now. So one of the trailers that dropped in Brazil shows that like that big moment, like the big like really beautiful shot that has like all the villains on the right hand side and Spider Man like jumping towards them on the left hand side. And if they you zoom in on the uh, on the lizard, you see that he gets punched in the face by an invisible person. So the theories are that that shot is actually going to have the three of them, the three Spider Men. It's going to have Holland, Toby. And um and Garfield, um and that they just got like SFX out, um and that that's they're just gonna be like put right back in when the scene does come out on in theaters. Thoughts, Ryan? Right. Um. Sorry. Uh. No. Interesting. So yeah, I I'm with I'm with you. I'm with you, Leo. I think that's what's gonna happen. I'm very. I'm very curious in where this goes, <laughs> and someone I don't I I can't remember who where I saw it, but someone said that that last shot of the trailer where he's like I can't control it anymore, that's the Sony verse entering <laughs> the MCU. Yeah, that's what I I mean that's yeah that's that's kind of what I get the sense. Like of Venom is gonna be I think we're gonna get Venom yeah. after all, and I think we're gonna get Morbius in this in Morbius. this movie. Yeah. Anyone else? Oh, Miles I, Morales. I thought of something. What if? I, don't, I mean, I haven't heard anything of this actor being anywhere near this movie. But what if Venom is the sixth member of the Sinister Six? What if there is a Tom Hardy cameo? They did in tease in that in that tra- in that post credit scene when they connected everything that he doesn't like. He already doesn't like. He doesn't yeah. exactly. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, oh yeah. So I'm like, I, I was. It's, it's like a very dark horse theory at this point for me. I can see it. I wouldn't mind it. And we finally, after all these years, get a Sinister Six movie. <laughs> Right after after everything Sony had to suffer, they finally did. <laughs> they didn't make us suffer. They've done well. I think Sony's done, but did better than Fox did. Can you uh, give them credit there? Well, have they? They really only had the same franchise twice. They're like they, they killed the Raimi franchise. They did well with that. They did. They're the ones that did Spider Verse. Oh, they did the Spider-Verse. So I guess I, in, sure. Into the Spider-Verse is better than anything Fox has ever done with their Marvel properties. Yes, I would agree 100%. Yes. <laughs> and listen, almost better than a lot of them MC, MCU has done or any comic book movie has done. So, But yeah, we're, get, we're, we're only a few weeks away, so I'm very excited to, um, to discuss the movie once everyone has seen it. Definitely. And speaking of what everyone's seen, let's move over to what we watched this week. Um, I'm going to start because I saw the series for season finale of the morning show and that oh, shit. Yes. Let me tell you something. I've been watching television for a long time. I've been critiquing for six years now. That is the worst season finale I've seen for a show since probably the series finale of Dexter. That's some, that's some high regard right there. I... All right, we. What is the point of her having COVID to the point of the show? I don't know. I was. I really thought the last episode was the season finale. I had no idea there was another episode, and then they dropped that crap. I'm like, this was terrible. It is awful. And then we have the sideline story, the side story of of um, Bradley looking for her brother, which she's an asshole for being like a dick to him anyway. Um, and then. Billy Crudup's character 
professes his love, and then Pete from the league's idiotic decision to go to his house, to to Alex's house, knowing that she has COVID when he doesn't have that COVID. Was, that was my least favorite storyline of them all, is Pete from the league. Like, what the hell, man? Like, I don't understand the stupid fucking characters that this fucking show has. I don't understand. This, the, it, I, I got nothing. I really hope this show gets canceled. I really, I, I hate it. I think it's terrible. Well, it's funny. Um, like I, I, I mean, I mean it genuinely. I did not know there was another episode. I thought that episode nine was the season finale. So I was excited because I'm like, oh, this is, you know, what they could do is they can even kill off Alex as this crazy like move as to like no one sees coming to show how serious COVID is. And then it's like, oh no, episode 10. I'm like, so they did nothing. They did nothing at all. It goes back to my biggest annoyance with this season and what pretty much took me off from even being interested in the show. We're still living through COVID. What is the point of bringing it to light again and taking us back to the beginning? There is no reason for it. I, I don't I don't understand what the 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 concept of doing that was. Honestly, I, I, I hated it. Um, but in other stuff that I did see, I saw Psych 3. Which was nice. quite delightful. Um, I can say that it's probably the best of the three movies. I think I think you'll get a really good kick out of it. Uh, definitely sets up a fourth one, which is great because of course it does. <laughs> because um, very much looking forward to seeing a fourth ver- movie because I know the plan was for six. So I also saw this movie called The Beta Test. I got some FYCs from um, IFC. The Beta Test is uh, sorry, Jim Cummings. He it's, it pretty much touches on toxic masculinity in Hollywood, which is uh, very prevalent. So it's 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 good stuff. I saw all four Ghostbusters again. Oh, good man. Um, I saw the Ghostbusters documentary, which I highly recommend, called Cleaning Up the Town. It's a two-hour documentary on how the first movie was made. Uh, that one on? Uh, I own it. I don't oh, know God. where it's streaming. I think you could check Amazon. Maybe it's there or you know, other locations. Um, I saw, by the way, Ghostbusters Afterlife holds up and it's so fucking great and definitely cried Absolutely again. Agree there. Totally agree on that. Yep. Um, I saw this movie called Benedetta. Um, <laughs> that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a reaction. Yep. That's a movie. Um, I saw Red Rocket, the, the movie with Simon Rex. At... Yo, when you said you were watching the Simon Rex movie, I'm like, why? But then your review came out surprising. Oh well, yeah. The director directed the movie. He got not, I, he was nominated for an Oscar, I believe, that year for uh, the Florida Project. So I I was all in. Performance is awesome. Simon Rex is great. That movie's gonna cause a lot of controversy, a lot of controversy when it comes out, and uh, casuals are able to see it. Then as the last two things I uh, wanted to highlight that I saw was uh, I saw Red Notice, which I didn't like. Um, I don't know how a movie with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds could be boring, but there's a lot of boring aspects to that movie. Uh, and then I saw a movie for the first time in like 20 years that I hated, Natural Born Killers, and I think it's terrible. And it's just as terrible as it was when I first saw it. And of course, it what departed. Made you, what made you watch that again? Uh, I it, it got added to HBO Max, so oh. I'm like, I'm like, screw it. Let me just throw it on the queue, and then you know, see if my opinion changed. It certainly did not change. It's terrible. Uh, but yeah, that's what I had. and it departed. But we'll talk about that in a second. What about you, Leo? Uh, mine's been pretty short and sweet. Uh, I watched the finale to the morning show, which is, is, <laughs> as, 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 it's funny because I'm on a different spectrum of you. I've, I've enjoyed the season 
But that finale is something we can both agree on. That was trash. <laughs> so bad. Um, I caught up on the Flash's back, so I caught up on the Flash. Are we? Are um, we done? Are we? Do you think I we're think done? Done, bro. I don't hate watching this crap, bro. Like Ryan's the only one that seems to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I haven't watched an episode like, since the nineties episode. Oh, bro, this whole little... I, I've been pissed off. I, I realize where CW goes wrong with these properties because it's been the same thing even back with Arrow. They do amazing at introducing a main character. And then they decide for some reason to just inundate us and make this an ensemble cast. No one wants to know about the ensemble cast. Either way, yeah, I'm watching Flash. That's, that is what it is. There's a new villain comes from the future. Again, he's not a speedster. He's not a speedster, at least. But whatever. Uh, My DVR still records it, isn't it? Uh, the crossoverish episode thing. Not, not. It is. It's going to become a crossover. I think it's like a Flash Armageddon. It's like a five, <laughs> five part thing. Um, but yeah, so far episode one, yeah, it just, it just sets up who the villain is and what the story arc is. But it's, it's whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> uh, Batwoman still Batwoman. I have a. <laughs> I have a feeling gonna Why do you see yourself? <laughs> because man, I started the series and now I have to finish on. But hold on. Uh, but and the Batwoman, um, they're they've built up already to a new Poison Ivy, and I have a feeling they are inching to like their own Joker. Um, when the Joker comes in, let me know. Maybe I'll I'll start watching. Maybe, again. yeah, maybe it can't be, but it can't be worse than Jerome. So you don't like Jerome? I I, I don't I, like Jerome, bro. <laughs> Jerome one was good. Jerome two sucks. Wait a minute. Excuse me. You have to say one and two. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? There's one and two. Like, if I remember, like the brother. Yeah, was great. Jeremiah, I think it's like Jerome and Jeremiah or something. Oh, they're they're twin brothers. Yeah, oh, that's because the, the, the original died, and like. Well, remember, then, I never, I never got past season one, so I don't. Oh no! Yeah, dude, no, 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 no. Oh, interesting. Anything else, Terrible. Leo? Oh uh, yes, no. The, the thing that's really been taking up most of my time is Homeland. Oh so I yeah. I started watching. I remember last week I mentioned that I started watching it. I'm on season four now. It is not as captivating as I thought it was going to be. I was expecting something more like West Wing or like a Newsroom, or like. They kind of grabbed me right immediately, and I cared a lot about all the characters. I can tell you Claire Danes' character, uh, Carrie, is honestly, like, top five, one of the most infuriating leads of any <laughs> TV show I've ever watched. That's great. Like, it is – I mean, and, and it's props to her because I know the character is, like, bipolar and does deal with, like, mental illness and, and a lot of, like, anxiety things. But it's still – it's still – it's dude, it's like – it makes everyone on the morning show look like they're making good decisions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but uh, my, aside from that, just uh, luckily for this episode, I was able to take a break from from infuriating TV and watch uh, <laughs> watch uh, The Departed. What about you, Ryan? Just The Departed? Um, yeah, sadly, because I started the I started Dune, and then my body was was like, no, we had a long day, and I'm like, okay. So sorry about. So why do you, why are you the way that you are? Because you love me the way that I am. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, man. All righty. Now, let's get to it. Why we're here. We're here to talk about The Departed. Um, because you disappointed me so much, Ryan, with the um, with the, with not finishing Dune. What are your first thoughts when you first saw The Departed? Oh, you're going to hate me. I hated it when I first saw it. Oh, mother of God. What? 
Yeah, it just wasn't because at that point, like when I was like, at that age, it wasn't for me. Ryan, I'm not but, that much older than you. You were the same age. Yeah, and I was a different person back then. I'm so confused. I'm very confused. I just did not like. I did not like. like it was like it wasn't a type of movie that I would like back then, but now. I absolutely love it. I'm going to say that Ryan was like, where are the dick and weed jokes? So I was going to ask, what, what, what type of films would you gravitate towards? In, in yeah, that's exactly part? what it is. There, no dick and weed jokes. No blood, guts. You know. What, like, uh, that's, what that's made what you watch it? Um, my mom and my uncle wanted to watch it. And like, I, uh, I still loved mob movies. That was the thing. Because like, I loved Goodfellas back then. It's really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Leo? What about you? Do you I, remember your first time? I, I don't remember exactly when it was. I think it was... No, I don't remember when or where, to be honest. I don't remember any of that specifics. I know I loved it. I knew that I went into it. It's funny. I went into it because DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson, right? Like, just that alone was enough to, like, Jack Nicholson and DiCaprio in the same movie. I'm all in. It was way before I ever knew too much of, like, the gravitas that Martin Scorsese films carried. So I was more just a sucker for, like, who's top billing. I didn't even care that Matt Damon was in this. I was just like, Jack Nicholson, DiCaprio. Yep. Uh, for me, I that was around the time where I didn't like going to the movies by myself. I don't know why. So I didn't see it in theaters. I got it on DVD the day it came out, and I was blown away by it. Um, yeah, that twist at the end really still gets me, even watching it today. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, he's going to make it this time, and he doesn't. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into that in a bit. So let me just get into the film itself. The Departed is directed by Morris Scorsese, written by William Monaghan. It's a remake of a 2002 Hong Kong film, Infernal Affairs, and is loosely based on the real-life mob uh, Boston Winter Hill Gang. Uh, the character Colin Sullivan is based on the corrupt FBI agent John Connolly, which the character Frank Costello is based on Irish-American gangster Whitey Bulger, which they still haven't really gotten a good Whitey Bulger movie because Black Mass is okay, but I don't really think the movie like, justifies the character. Um, production for the film in January 2003, Warner Brothers uh, and Brad Pitt bought the right to, the, to remake the film. For $1.75 million. Did you guys know that about Brad Pitt? I know Brian probably didn't. Leo, did you know? Oh. Uh, after that, Monaghan was secured as screenwriter, and then Scorsese uh, read the script, and he joined board to direct the film. Uh, box office-wise, the movie actually cost more than I thought. It cost $90 million, but I assume that's all salaries. That's all salaries, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's literally, you got some heavy. You got Martin Sheen with, like, I don't know, like, Five lines on a movie or something like that. Yeah, that's that's a salary. It made uh, two hundred ninety one point five million dollars. So it definitely made its money back, which is which is good. Um, trophy room. This movie did win a lot of awards, but I'm just going to focus on the the most important one. So it was nominated for picture at the Academy Awards, picture directing, editing, supporting actor, adapted screenplay. It won picture director and edit- editing. Uh, the biggest giveaway in the history of the Academy Awards. Did you do you guys remember who presented Marty with the Oscar? No. I know I'm, I'm Ryan. I'm sure you don't, right? No, I don't remember. Yeah, so his best friend Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, and George Lucas. Damn. 
take the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of knew he was going to win. Um, and then it won Best Picture, which is surprisingly the first Martin movie. He may have not won director, but I, you know, you'd think he would have won Best Picture. Quick question: What do you think should have been his first Oscar if you had to choose? Oh wow! And you that's, that's... and you would have to take it away from who won. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, talk about Marty. Marty, yeah. I mean, Taxi Driver is legit, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm biased. I think that would be my choice. But I. But who do you, but, but, but I'll be honest though. You know history. Who won it instead of that? Rocky? And the oh, director no, of Rocky. No, then no. Goodfellas. I think that's everyone's choice, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Who won it instead of Goodfellas? Uh, Dancing, Dancing with, with Wolves. Wolves. Oh, I like. Well, that's true. I know they. I know how they. I know how both of you feel about Dancing with Wolves. Oh no, no, no. I, 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 I like Dances with Wolves. I just don't think it's better than Goodfellas. I for me, it's that and Raging Bull. I think Raging Bull is the first one that he should have won. Because you're taking it away from ordinary people, I believe, and Robert Redford. So I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good giving it to Raging Bull. That's kind of where I'm at. Um. But yeah, it took him this long to win an Oscar. So, but it also goes along the line. Some of the great directors either win late or don't win at all. But yeah, uh, one picture director and editing. Now let's get to the fun stuff where we could either praise or make fun of things. What's age? <laughs> what age the best? So I'll kick it off um, with racism in Boston. Uh, I point to Leo's line. Where you, to Anthony Anderson, he's like, you're a black guy living in Boston. You don't need any help for me to be fucked. Um, Dingdom trying to break Costigan. I actually like that scene in The Office where he just tries to like break him down and make fun of his accent and everything. Uh, don't really like uh, Mark Wahlberg, but he is actually very good in this. The dr- he acts like how you imagine he really is in real life. Yep. Like an asshole. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the Dropkick Murphys, I'm shipping up to Boston song because that song seems to like be everywhere after The Departed. Um, the twist that I mentioned before, I I hate the fact that Leo dies in this movie. Uh, and it really caught me by surprise. And every time I watch it, I'm like, God damn it, man. He should just get out of that elevator, man. Or just fucking should have killed Matt Damon from the jump. Uh, but yeah, I'll leave the rest for you guys. Leo, what do you have? I'm actually gonna go defer to Ryan first because I I'm like notorious for stealing yes, stuff you from do. him. Yes, so I want right. to let Ryan go first here. <laughs> I don't have much. Uh, I'm Irish. I'll deal with being someone being wrong for the rest of my life. This is the overall feel of the movie. The wrong address scene. I just stood out a lot to me. That just the overall end of the flick. And yeah. All right. What about you, Leo? Okay. Let the record show. I defer to Ryan. So he had first dibs to mention these things, and he didn't mention them. Go for it. Okay. What age? Well, it's definitely rioting. I think rioting, the fact that the movie starts with rioting, where here we are in 2021, and rioting is still part of our everyday freaking uh, news coverage. Yep. Um, same as you, Dave, race relations. Um, Anthony Anderson, I think, has aged well. He's yeah, lost a lot physically, of and, physically and as an actor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um. I don't know if you guys caught this, but Wolverine comic book. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In that opening scene, right? In the opening yep, scene. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. 
he hands it to like to little uh, to little Matt Damon. He's like, here you go, kid. He's like, Wolverine comic book. I'm like, oh, considering the textured relationship between Scorsese and Marvel now, I'm like, well, thank you for the uh, for the, the the shout out. It would have been an Archie comic book now. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, this is going to be a very loaded comment, but criminals in law enforcement or corrupt law law enforcement. Oh, I think. that's not. That's- that's not age well at all. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> what's still something that's relevant to today's society? So I'm Big like, time. Up there, um, <laughs> this is like a deep cut. But did you guys know that there's two members of the MCU in this movie? Wait. Oh man, like were they close to leads or like super they're supporting? Named, they're named. They at least have names. They have they're named characters, and they're both in the M- and they both play villains in the MCU. Oh. Oh, yes, the villain of uh, Black Widow. Yes, Drake yes. That's Mr. French. Yep. And and I don't have – who's the other one? I don't remember. Dude, it's wild because I, I had to pause the movie a couple of times. Like, I think that's this guy. So do you remember the guy in Iron Man 3, the main extremist guy? Not 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 Guy Pierce. Oh, I don't the, remember. I don't remember. So there's either way. The main guy that fights Tony with extremists. That's Barrigan. That's the guy that shoots Leonardo DiCaprio at the very end. Oh my God! That's oh, wow. that's that's a good. Uh, leave it to you to always find the Marvel stuff. <laughs> well, that's, that's, like, that's the comic book, and I'm like, wait, is that Drake? Off? Wait a second, is that the guy from Iron Man Three? If Marty only knew. If Marty only knew. Little, little did he know. Um, I think Mark Wahlberg's performance in general aged ridiculously well. It's like a live action performance. Yep, and crazy racism. <laughs> yeah. All right, age wars. Time to have fun here. Um, the Boston accents, especially on Vera Formiga and Jack Nicholson. Vera's is so bad, if you notice. She actually drops the accent by mid-film. Um, texting on T9 without looking in pocket. Uh, let's just put it this way. We're old. We had phones with T9. Ain't no way Matt Damon is, yes. is texting yeah. on T9 without looking. That is a skill. No way. Um, yeah. Flip phones as general, like <laughs> I don't know they any. Comeback. They have the flip phone. They have the uh, two flip ones now. Interesting. I know that um, the last time I saw a flip phone was at the New York Film Festival, and Frances McDormand got a phone call during the press conference, oh, and wow. uh, she just pulled out a flip phone because she's a badass. She's the only one accepted with a flip phone. Um, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's haircut, I hate it. I think it's terrible. He has wonderful hair. Why did he choose that? That's... Wait, you mean like the, the, the police crew cut? I, yeah, he should. they should have just fast-forward after he got out of jail and then grow his his, his wonderful golden locks again. <laughs> I, 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 I hate it. I don't like it. Um, geographic locations, and I'm going to get to that in the fun facts. There is some very lingering geographic location issues in this movie especially after i went to boston and did a tour a film tour of the city uh i'll get to that a little later um costello pulling out the dildo why like zero context of the film no reason for that and um yeah that's what i got ryan we're going to i'm going to follow suit what do you got the only thing i got is the dildo scene and the uh racial homophobic slurs what about you, uh, Leo? What do you got? Yeah, pretty much racial homophobic. Yeah, I think one one specifically stood out to me, um, and I think it's when yes, the uh, fireman. No, no. So to me, it was oh, that one was funny. <laughs> no, to me, it was uh, when the when the Caprio's talking to Matt Damon over the phone at the very end on the roof, 
And he's like, I know what you did. He's like, you two-faced faggot. And I'm like, he cursed him out so much for every, everything, every other slur he could use. There was no use. There was no need to use no, the effort on this one. Um, I think um, I actually have, in the very beginning, when you get introduced to, um, to, to, um, to, um, to Jack Nicholson, there's a little creepy little way of him with the girl, with the, with the guy's daughter. Yes, the very creepy. I think that was yeah. creepy. I'm like, I don't like where that's going, especially because he's like, the way he defends the boy later on to the priest, I'm like, that doesn't quite mesh, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, flip phones. And actually, I have, I have paying for porn. I don't know if paying for porn. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anyone does at this point. Um, <laughs> let me see. So next up, we have... Awards. Ryan, I'm going to start with you here. Who is that guy for you, the Joe Spinell Award? Uh, that Oh, shit, I didn't even do it, that guy. <laughs> I knew Ryan, I, Ryan, you have a week to prepare for this podcast. You have yeah, disappointed me. Yeah, 15 years to prepare for this podcast. That guy did I'm looking. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, that guy. I'm thinking about the movie now. There's really. Oof. What do you? Uh, I'll I'll move to Leo. Leo, what do you got? So Fitzy. Fitzy is a another named character. He's one of the henchmen. But Fitzy, played by David O'Hara, that was the first time I ever saw this guy. He's then next scene for me in my life in Harry Potter: The Deathly Hallows as uh, the guy that Harry turns into with the uh, with the the, the juice. The, okay. the juice. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that, dude. Yeah, for me it was like that because I I love that scene where where like DiCaprio where he's teaching the DiCaprio teaching him how to write the word citizens. <laughs> so so um the guy's face always stuck in my head and I'm like wait a minute isn't that the guy that writes citizens in The Departed? I actually yeah, that's my, that's my, my guy. I actually think I'm gonna co-sign with you. I I originally had Frenchie, but like. Okay. He had like so many things, but I always remember him as like the guy from uh from the departed. So that's kind of where I was like, "Hey, should I just go with him?" But no, no I actually like your pick a lot better. Uh, the guy from Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Next up is the Deadless Six Man of the of the movie. Who was the best supporting player in the film? Ryan, did you do this one? Yes, I did. Okay. I went with uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson. I, I, I will say that I actually think Jack Nicholson is awful in this movie. I don't think, okay. he, I don't think he's very good at all. Uh, <laughs> to the point that it's Jack... Uh, here's a perfect like analogy to it. Um, Meryl Streep is like one of the best actresses of like ever. And if, a, if a, one of her movies is going to be nominated for best picture and you told and we were told it was going to win best picture and director and editing would you say that Meryl is going to be nominated leo yeah i guess yeah. yeah the fact that jack nicholson did not get nominated for an oscar just shows that what the academy thought about his performance it's the porno scene <laughs> um, <laughs> i get it i mean i it's jack nicholson i mean he's with who should have was going to play him, I, you, I think you guys will change your tune. But what about you, Leo? What do you got here? Uh, so it's funny. I, I love Jack, right? It's the reason I ended up watching this movie. But I don't know if you can go anyone other than Mark Wahlberg 
any effing time he's on screen, he says the most amazingly quotable things. I really and didn't want to, and I really didn't want to do Mark Wahlberg either. But I'm with you too. Right? It's like yo, it's everything he says. Everything he says is just like gold. Yeah, I I will agree with you on that one. That is uh top notch for me. <laughs> um. This one should be the same for everybody. Becky O'Shea, Icebox, MVP of the Film Award. Ryan, who do you have here? Matt Damon. Ooh, not who I thought. Wow. Well, I have the right answer. And that's Leonardo. <laughs> 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 your answer doesn't make it the right answer. Uh, the answer is Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, it's the it's the first performance that he has that he's not the. the cliche like he's played a villain and catch me if you can but he wasn't this gritty like gritty character here he's playing a hero all these all the heroes he's played were like this cookie cutter good guy um here he's playing a hero that uh a protagonist that's much more troubled he he has issues and i think he absolutely destroys this role um should have won the oscar but we'll get to that a little later uh leah what about you who do you have here uh, yeah, I have DiCaprio. I mean, it's just, it's funny. I, I believe the same thing you believe. I mean, I look, I loved him in Revenant, right? I loved him in Django. I loved him in all this. To me, this was his freaking Oscar. Like, this was like, yo, he's so not DiCaprio. He's so tortured, so freaking roughneck. Like, his role was so incredible. And then, the, and like, I think the fact that you have Matt Damon doing like the complete opposite, right? Showing like that, that clean cut, cookie cutter facade like just made DiCaprio's performance that much better but yeah I have I have Billy Costigan Leonardo DiCaprio as my MVP yep absolutely do, do, I, I'm shocked you don't you went, why do you go with Matt Damon I'm just curious right uh, I don't know I was drawn to his character I was drawn to him and also you know me I don't like to put multiple people in uh multiple things so I wanted to keep Leo where I have him don't worry I think I'm using him twice and it's okay uh, Peaks and Valley. So let's just get the Valley out of the way. Leonardo DiCaprio. Anyone not yeah. have Leonardo DiCaprio? No, I have I have Vera Farmiga. No way. Leo won the Oscar. Leo won the Oscar. But after this movie, Vera Farmiga now is known by everyone in the world as the woman, the woman from The Conjuring. And Leo is noted as a rich Oscar winner. <laughs> See, I, I think DiCaprio was already well known as a powerhouse. He didn't have the award for sure, but Farmiga became like. Isn't a, it your rule if you win the Oscar, you get the? Uh, no, that's my that's my rule. that's my rule. I'm sorry, that's my rule. No, I have I have Farmiga. I'm like because I know that I remember I remember thinking when I watched the parties, yo, this girl is high. she is she is absolutely later i'm like dude that that, this all this departed universe is coming out i'm like that woman looks so familiar (laughs) i'm like oh wait that was the hot psychiatrist yes i uh no all jokes aside she does have bates motel she did have um the conjuring yeah she's you never seen bates motel you i've never seen bates motel bro (laughs) dude put that to the top of the list that show's incredible (laughs) Mm -hmm. and as a hitchcock fan who Frowns upon any remake of his work. I will tell you, Bates Motel is incredible, and it's only five seasons. The whole series is fifty episodes. All right, I shall put it to the top. Yeah. It goes so easy. Yeah, and Vera is incredible in that show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Should go to the top of the list, but yeah, Leo for me, um, you, you never break the rule. 
if you you win an Oscar, <laughs> you hear the valley. Now peak. I have. Yes. I have. Peak. This was hard, but I'm I ha- break your heart. <laughs> I have two here. I'm gonna give you this the easy for me. I'm gonna give you the real one, and then I'm gonna give you the the funny one. Is it peak for Morris Scorsese? Absolutely. Like he wins the Oscar finally. He's made great it's, movies since. It's incredible because, like, if you look at like the list of movies he was nominated for, like this is literally in the middle. It's like he's got Raging Bull. He's got I think for best director he's like Raging Bull, uh, Christ, Goodfellas, right? So there's three. Mm-hmm. Then he's got Gangs. Was he nominated for Aviator? Yes. Okay, so that's so I think there's like seven, six or seven movies before he wins and then there's like six movies afterwards too let me tell you this and i feel i feel very strongly in saying this if he if this never happened and he did not win for this i don't think parasite ever wins best picture because i think the irishman would have been it for him oh i totally agree i think that movie is beloved it's respected in the industry. It's incredible. I've rewatched it this week. Just you know, I didn't mention it before because I'd me- I've talked about it already. But like, and it just it's aged like fine wine. It's only been three years or two years. The movie is incredible. I think that would have been it if it wasn't for this one. But uh, yeah, I, Peak is definitely more more in Scorsese. I can't believe I'm saying that, but but I don't but I don't mean that in I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I just mean that in the. That's it. He won the Oscar. He hasn't won the Oscar yeah. since then. He made, um, it the, he made it. He made it. Yeah. Um. Before I, I I make my jokey one. Um. Ryan, who do you have here? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's another one too. You could actually do that in in the way we usually hey, do it. Didn't he after this? He had. Didn't he have? Ted, like, that's about it. No, he had the fighter. Fighter. Had, there it is. Yeah. Fighter. Because he was nominated for. Yeah, the fighter. he was nominated for the fighter. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he had Ted the fighter, and then he started making uh. All those Brad Berg movies. So, yeah. Uh, no hate on that. I don't think he's ever made anything as good as The Departed, though. Uh, exactly. And then, yeah. Jokey... I mean, look, has you guys talking good about him. Yeah, which yeah. doesn't happen often. Um, and the best part about it is I never have to hear him say this, okay? In The Departed. Not <laughs> one time does he do, does he do it. Um, but, Pete, Boston movies? <laughs> like... Like for real, like let's talk about this for a second. Like, is this the best Boston movie? We've never gotten a good Boston movie since then. Since this, yeah. the Patriot, the Patriot is the Patriot Patriot's Day is probably the closest one. I think Ted is a Boston. Ted is a Boston movie, but I no, absolutely not. True, um, but it's not as good as this. What's the one with Ben Affleck? Uh, and oh, the town. Okay, the so town. maybe there the town. It's close second. The town is incredible. I love the town. This is, I'm not going to lie to you, this does make, this movie does make you want to at least, uh, like, think that the Boston accent is somewhat appealing. So this is a very important Boston movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say you kind of nailed it, Leo. I think the town would probably be second place on there for me. Um, But yeah, anything else that we might have peaked here? Jack, Jack Nicholson, I guess. Yeah, so it's unfortunate, but yeah, I don't think Jack yeah. is... This was definitely one of those, like, Jack Nicholson's name meant a lot. I don't know if his talent did anything for it. No, not at all. And no. and in jokey way, what else? Peaked, I guess flip phones. That's it. Flip phones. Yeah, flip phones. don't get me wrong. How many of you tried to do the thing where you're texting someone without looking at your phone using T9? I'm not that talented. Oh, no. 
I, I don't think I'd insult myself by trying to do that. Um, Dude, I saw that scene and I'm like, you can do that. And I tried it. I'm like, I can't do that. That's not possible. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. So that pretty much peaks and Valley. Let's finish up with some fun facts here. Um, I had a decent amount, nothing too crazy, but let's start with number one. And the one that hurts me the most, Martin Scorsese wanted Al Pacino for the role of Costello. Pacino turned it down, and then Jack Nicholson was Marty's second choice. Do you get what I mean now? Why Jack Nicholson? It doesn't work for me even more. Can you imagine? No, like I already imagine yelling out Pacino. I wrote some lines from the movie that I am going to do for you right now. <laughs> As Al Pacino. As Al Pacino, the scene where Costigan gets searched, and um, and Leo's like, "What are you searching me for?" And he's like, "And then uh." Costello's like contra fucking band. Al Pacino would be like contra fucking band. Then we get the, then we get the swear on your mother's grave. You're still not a cop. <laughs> and then the last one that I have that I that what that I that I had a good time with Al Pacino would be like when I say you dump a body in the marsh, you dump a body in the marsh. Whoa. Like, come on, like, man. Wow. Like, we, I could just imagine, like, Al Pacino just doing, like, great stuff here. And it would just be, like, the over-the-top Pacino that you can't help but love. I don't think Nicholson ever even got close to what Pacino would have done here. So, yeah, that's the first one. Number two, um, when the film won the Oscar for Best Picture, Marty actually said he was surprised that the movie won. He said that the film uh, is such a tough, nasty, violent film. He never thought about the idea of awards while making the movie. So it's just pretty wild that the one that he wins for is the one that he didn't even think would be in consideration. Um, This one's a fun fact for people that love The Wolf of Wall Street. When Frank walks off the Angel Kids with the Angel Kids, the yacht in the background is the same yacht Jordan Belfort owns in The Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. Yeah, that was a pretty cool. Uh, next up, Wait, is, that, is that like is that like Scorsese's yacht? <laughs> this is like the MCU of yachts. <laughs> That's amazing. Next up, you we we joked about it before, but it is actually a hundred percent correct. Roughly half of the ninety million dollar budget went to salaries. There you go. This is the only remake of a foreign film to win Best Picture. Next up. And this one shows like what kind of actor and like true professional Leo is. The uh, Leo was a nominator for this. He was nominated for Blood Diamond, which is terrible. Um, so Leo actually refused to campaign for The Departed because he, because he had two movies. He did did not want to campaign against. Um, Scorsese's movie. Warner Brothers initially didn't want to favor DiCaprio either over the co-stars, and pl- and they you know putting him in the lead actor category, he would have been against Damon, against other folks. So they decided not to do that. And then Warner's ended up choosing Blood Diamond to campaign, but he never to camp he never campaigned for any of the movies at all. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Which was crazy. Um. More casting news. Originally, Brad Pitt was cast as Colin Sullivan. Oh, shoot. Uh, I think Matt Damon is better. I think it worked out a lot better. This one sucks because this would have been a a Goodfellas reunion. Ray Liotta was the original choice for Dingham. 
Dingham. Yeah, Dignum. I'm sorry. Oh, no way. Oh, that would have been a cool one. Uh, that would have been cool. And it just shows, like, Hollywood issues. Like, he had a decline, and it had nothing to do with not wanting to do it. He was, he was contracted to do other movies at the time, so he couldn't do it. Um, this is... A fun fact, and shout out to all the Boston Red Sox fans out there. You can suck it. Um, Frank Costello, Jack Nicholson, was supposed to wear a Red Sox cap, but Nicholson refused because (laughs) the hatred of Boston sports teams for Jack goes back all the way to the Lakers and their rivalry with the Celtics. So he refused to wear a Red Sox hat. That's why he actually wears a Yankee hat during the movie. Um, in the nice. in the scene where DiCaprio is at the airport, the little girl that is seen with the pink backpack is Martin Scorsese's daughter, Francesca. Aww. After completing the uh, Aviator, Scorsese kept Alec Baldwin in mind for future collaborations, and ultimately decided to cast him in the role of Ellerby. I think this worked out better because this actor that was originally cast is very problematic now. Mel Gibson was. Oh shoot! Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, Willie Monahan, the screenwriter, envisioned a sequel for The Departed, citing it would have focused on an overlooked aspects of the first film, such as political corruption. Uh, and Monahan had watched the sequels to the original film because uh, the original had, I believe, three sequels, and also felt that there would be a sequel potential with uh, Dignum, with Mark Wahlberg returning. Uh, that makes sense. But it yeah. ne- it never it never uh, came to light, and I don't think there it ever will. Because of, of the main cast, the only people that are alive at the end of the first one are Dignum and and Vera and Vera, yeah, Vera Farmiga, I think. Yep, it is. Uh, it's something. I, I I don't think I don't think it would work. The only thing, and it wouldn't be Scorsese doing it, that I would think that will will happen if they ever go back into this world. Because Wahlberg has such a good relationship with Netflix, that it'll be a series. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, and here I joked about geographic location yeah. being an issue. Here we go. I've been to Boston, and I've seen that. Uh, I guess that's the cap, the courthouse, the the with the gold dome, the golden dome. Yeah. yeah. Um, that apartment in the movie doesn't exist. So the view of the Massachusetts State House was in effect shot from the roof of Suffolk University, which is the law school where Sullivan says he has taken night classes. Cinematographer Michael Bayless evaluated the shot in during pre-production. It's impossible to get an apartment building in that area. You can't. Because uh. across the street from that is a giant park. So if you guys ever go to Boston and you guys check it out, yeah, just know that that doesn't exist. Uh, and then the last three here, Martin Scorsese originally wanted a well-known actress to play Vera Farmiga's character of Madeline. Kate Winslet, Emily Blunt, Hilary Swank, and Jennifer Aniston were the four uh, the four in contention. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Kate Winslet would have been my choice, just to have a reunion with Leo. Yeah, her with Leo, yeah. yeah. And then the, the last two, the first Warner Brothers Best Picture winner without Morgan Freeman co-starring since Amadeus in 1984. <laughs> Deep fucking cut. So here are the best picture winners that Warner Brothers had since 1984. 1989, Drive You Miss Daisy. 1992, Unforgiven. And 2004, Million Dollar Baby. Wow. Yeah. I don't think they've won a best picture since The Departed. I'd have to double. I I, I don't have it memorized by by heart right now. I'd have to think about it. But How dare you? Come on. 
<laughs> Wait, what are you talking about, Ryan? I'm busting your chops. Oh, I think unless there will be blood was Warner Brothers, and I don't think that was Warner Brothers. Uh, now there will be blood. No country for old men. Uh, and then the last fact here is, for me as a physical media collector, this is the first Best Picture winner of the 21st century that was not released on VHS. And it is the first and only to be released on the short-lived HD DVD format. I remember that, too. I had one. Uh, Yeah, so that wraps it up, guys. We did this in less than an hour, and I feel like we could talk about The Departer for forever. Uh, Next next month kicks off November, and I mean... No, Thanksgiving week. I'm sorry. I am lost. Uh, and I will have seen next week being the Ricardos and don't look up. So I will have reports on that. Until then, see you at the movies, kids. Mm-hmm.